0: Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church, or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Okay, country preacher is walking along the back roads near his church. That, can you guys hear that echo? Isn't that cool? <laughs> Moses. Moses. <laughs> Moses. <laughs> so a country preacher was walking in the back roads near his church and he ca- became thirsty and so he decided to stop a little cottage and ask for something to drink. And the the lady at the house invited him in and in addition to giving him something to drink she served him a bowl of soup by the fire. And so there's this little pig she has running around the, the house and, and around the kitchen and so the pig, the pig runs up, run to, up, him, up to him, looks at him. You know, uh, you know, you know, If I guess pigs don't pant, I don't know. Anyway, whatever pigs do, you know, you know. Goofy pig grinning, running back and forth, and keeps. And he, he finally <coughs> looks at the ladies says, "Wow, oh, that's I have never seen a pig this friendly." And she goes, "Ah, he's not friendly. That's his bowl you're using." like I said, <laughs> tough group. I'll be here all week. Don't, don't forget to tip the waitress. Try the veal. Okay, so tonight is the second in our series on the fullness of God. <clears throat> Last week we talked about being faithful or full of faith, uh, Ephesians three nineteen, Paul writes that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Tonight, we're going to look at something that is—it's one of my favorite subjects to talk about. <clears throat> now, I do have a lot of them, but this is this word and this experience is something we need to have more and more. We need to be full of. Uh, It's one of the most important elements of a successful Christian life. The reason why you're here tonight is because you want to grow. You want to uh, be a successful believer, huh? And so that's why you come out on a Wednesday night. And so uh, we're going to look at being hopeful or full of hope. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13 Now abide, faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love, which we're going to talk about next week. Faith is fundamental for us as believers, isn't it? As Christians, faith, everything good, uh, everything that we receive from God in our lives comes back to us. Believing, having faith for. And so whether it's forgiveness or healing, God's provision, <clears throat> all of these things are, are, are brought about through our believing, having faith in God, right? <clears throat> but before we have faith, we have to hope. Hebrews 11 and verse 1, <clears throat> it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for hope is before faith it will lead us to believe for all that god has for us in our lives and because this is true it's no great mystery or shock that satan tries to steal our hope if it, he tries to discourage our hope because if he can steal our hope he can wreck our faith John 10.10, 10, Jesus said, The thief comes not but for to, except for to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that you might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. We need to guard our hope in God. I'm not talking tonight about hope so kind of hope. I'm talking about our hope in God. We have to guard it. <clears throat> we have to shield it. We have to protect it. And we're going to talk about this more uh, through this class tonight, about how to, ha- how to be more hopeful and all of that as we uh, go through. <clears throat> so if, if Satan can steal our hope, he can wreck our faith. We'll think, <clears throat> well, why should I even pray? You know, nothing, <clears throat> there's, nothing seems to be happening. Why, why should I go to church? It doesn't really do any good. And all of that, that's a person who has lost hope. If we lose hope, we lose faith. God encourages us to be hopeful, to be full of hope. I want you to tell yourself, be full of hope. (coughs) hope. Tell yourself, be hopeful. hopeful. (coughs) Romans 10, or I'm sorry, Romans 15, 13, this is such a significant verse for us, (coughs) I have been thinking about meditating, quoting uh, the, uh, this verse for the last several years, and it has caused God's hope to grow in me as I have meditated on this verse. I would encourage you uh, to meditate on this verse. I, and I, I try to remind folks in these classes, keep your notes, uh, don't just discard them. Uh, go through it during the week, especially this verse. <clears throat> I would encourage you to write it down. Uh, if you uh, have a place where you put verses that you memorize or are thinking about, meditating on, jot this one down, Romans 15, 13. It is vital, it's critical, and it is hopeful. <clears throat> Listen, now may the God of hope fill you. With all joy and peace in believing <clears throat> that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, Amen. I could teach a, a, all class about this one verse it's so rich and so full, but <clears throat> I'm going to say a couple of things then move on to some other things I'm, I'm hoping not to be too wordy tonight and just overload your mind on words <clears throat> but listen uh When we think about the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, we think about the power of healing, the power to deliver, the power to be a witness, all of these things, we don't always think about the power of the Holy Spirit being linked to hope. But it is that you may abound in hope. How? By the power of the Holy Spirit one of the most powerful expressions of the power of the Holy Spirit is His ability to cause us to hope, especially when our hopes have been disheartened, discouraged, dashed, crushed. The power of the Holy Spirit works in us to help us abound, to fill us. And so tonight, if your hopes have been Discouraged, God is going to help us to hope in Him. <clears throat> you can afford, listen, you can hope in God. We can hope in God. You'll, you'll see. <clears throat> God wants us to have a whole bunch of hope, yeah. to be hopeful <clears throat> that our lives will change, that our kids will be okay, that uh, we'll have uh, the ability, the money. Uh, to To live uh, life on uh for the future, all of these things we can be hopeful. <clears throat> I want to define hope tonight <clears throat> and there's several things we 're going to look at, but first of all hope is is a positive attitude, and it, again it's it it isn 't just oh i 'm just going to have a positive attitude; it comes from god we 're going to talk about it more toward the end of the class but <clears throat> I've defined hope, and this is the, the best definition of hope I have ever come across. It is a confident expectation of good from God. Amen. Hope. God's kind of hope. Not hope so. Well, I hope so. Hey, you know what? God, uh, God's a healer. Well, I hope so. Uh, God is a provider. Well, I hope so. It's not a hope so kind of hope, it is a confident expectation of good from God. <clears throat> it's the feeling or the sense that God is about to do something good for me. Yeah. Now, I wonder, and I don't want you to say it out loud, but I wonder how many of us really carry this thought with us most of the time. <clears throat> God's about to do something good for me. I, I think that there are a lot, I know that there are a lot of believers who, you know, even when good things are happening, there's almost this thing inside that goes, oh, man, things are, gosh, things are, re- things are really good now. I wonder, I wonder if something bad is about to happen. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, it's kind of, a, that's the way our minds can work sometimes. <clears throat> and the reality is, bad stuff can happen. <clears throat> bad stuff does happen. But as God's people, we can cultivate an attitude of hope in Him. <clears> that even in the bad, God can turn things to where something good will happen in our lives. There are things that are just, it's just bad and difficult, trying hard, uh, crushing. <clears throat> but in the midst of that, God can breathe life in us and cause us to hope and in the midst of that, something good continues in our life. Makes sense? <clears throat> we, we really need, as believers, sometimes to change our attitudes. <clears throat> I used to hate it. My dad had a thing that he would say to me when I was a kid, <clears throat> and I was being a bit of a jerk. I, I know nobody here would believe that I could be that way as a kid, I disrespectful or or disobedient or all that i you know just you, can't you see me as little boy and, none of you here ever pictured me that way like, okay thanks anyway my dad he had it sort of when I was starting to get over the edge uh he believed in discipline and i i he would use a belt on me sometimes when I need it. He wasn't an abuser, but he, you know. He, and so, but before the belt, sometimes he'd look at me and he'd say, boy, you better change your attitude. <laughs> and and oh, oh, he, he didn't laugh when he said it either. He had, a, he had a look. Boy, you better change your attitude. And I, I realized if I didn't change my attitude, Belt was coming. <clears throat> uh, God doesn't have a belt. He's not after, and He's not after us to belt us. But this, this is see. We need to change our attitudes, not because God's going to get us, because if if we don't, but we will suffer the consequences of our bad attitudes, <clears throat> negative attitudes. Uh, we we make. Negativity in our in our generation or in our time, and I guess it's probably just human nature. Sometimes uh, negativity can almost become a virtue, yes. and it it's a big part of our humor. We say things that are you know that are negative that you know uh, we we laugh at. It's like you know if something can go wrong, it will. <laughs> stupid is a stupid yeah. You don't have to finish this one. <clears throat> the light at the end of the tunnel is the headlight of an oncoming train. <clears throat> we got a whole bunch of these things. We say it, we say it it's funny, uh, we think. Uh, but <clears throat> we've made negativity, uh, it's, it's, it's like it's funny, and sometimes it, it may not be uh, real damaging. But overall, negativity, I'm telling you, it's, it, we suffer the consequences of it. We can have the tendency to accentuate the negative. So we talk about things. And, and granted, I've, I've done this. I've done this recently. You know, we talk about oh, the price of eggs. Man, eggs, eggs, price of eggs. Doesn't that bug you, the price of eggs? It bugs So anyway, no. Or we talk about uh, politics and the weather and Water, you know, keep draining the, the, the lake, all of this stuff. And so we talk about the, the, the difficulties and all. And I'm not saying you never bring up something or, and all and, and to become legalistic and all this. But if we're not careful, we develop an attitude of negativity. Dan Roy said something, this probably goes back, I don't know, 15 or more years ago, and it was during one of those times where gas prices were starting to rise. And somebody said something, I think we're standing at the front door, somebody said something about, man, the price of gas is, yeah, the price of gas is going up again. And, and he said, and I thought this was great, he says, well, it, it doesn't matter how high it goes, God's going to provide. Yeah. Just simple thought. And you know what? That is the kind of attitude we need to have. Uh, we need to cultivate an attitude of hope. We need to learn to hope on purpose. Hope on purpose. Know what I mean? I'll tell you what I mean. (laughs) There are a lot of things that, that, that in our lives that won't happen without doing it on purpose. When I get dressed in the morning... My clothes don't just kind of fly out of the closet. and <laughs> <laughs> Yours don't either. No. We, I, When I get dressed, I have to dress on purpose. <clears throat> and you're glad I did. <clears throat> I'm glad you did. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> so we need to learn to hope on purpose. Look at Psalm 71, verse 14, but I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. A confident expectation of good from God. I will hope continually. And he goes on to say, and will praise you yet more and more. You know, the more we hope, the more we'll have opportunity and reason to praise God. The reality is, the more we praise God, the more we will hope. And so it's cyclical. Uh, We hope continually, and we'll praise Him yet more and more. The more we praise Him, the more we'll hope, right? Okay, so we need to ask ourselves what we expect. Uh, We can have in our lives, if we're not careful, negative expectations or, uh, you know, that what I said at the beginning, just a, well, hope so, and be just kind of uh, cultivate. Instead of cultivating hope, we can cultivate a pattern of pessimism. Hope is a positive attitude, and we have to cultivate a confident expectation of good from God. The idea and the thought God is about to do something good for me. The reality is God's always doing good things for us. And we need to to think about it, praise Him, and cultivate more and more. And I'm going to talk about how to do that in just a little bit. So for one, hope is a positive attitude. And then secondly, hope is a lifeline. We've, we have to have hope. we as believers we gotta we got to hold on to our our hope in God it It is. It's a lifeline. If we don't hold on to our hope in God, then we're, our faith is going to get wrecked. <clears throat> hope is what will get us through the worst of times. that confident expectation of good from God that no matter what's going on right now. God is still God, and he's about to do something in my life. Uh, uh, That being said, we are going to have a few really crummy days. It's just reality. It happens in life. Uh, Some of you remember the children's book, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Anybody remember that book? No. Well, now you know. Don't read it. <clears throat> it's a funny book. It's a little kid's book. Anyway, but some of us have har- terrible, horrible, no good, very bad days. We have some days like that. Hope is our lifeline in those kind of days. Yes. Listen to Hosea 2 and verse 15. <clears throat> I will give her her vineyards from there and the valley of Achor as a door of hope. Hosea 2.15 talks about God giving his people the valley of Acor for a door of hope. When he says valley and talks about a valley here, God's talking about those low places in our lives. We sometimes have low places in our lives. Somebody said, I was lower than a snake's belly in a wagon rut. That's low. That's one of those cow- kingman-cowboy statements, I think. Lower than a snake's belly in a wagon rut. The word Akor in the Hebrew means rolling waters, troubling, or afflicted. And it's meant to give us the picture of being plunged into the most extreme rapids of a river during flood stage. And so you just get tossed over and over all of us have had days like that where we had just we were just caught, and it seemed like we we're tossing over. God tells us, people, that in that place of turbulence and trouble, the lowest places in our lives, He gives a door of hope. He provides a door of hope. I have been through some experiences in life where I. It was hard to see beyond that day, you know. And I know some of you have. Some of you are there uh, today where it's just almost, it almost seems impossible to hope. There's, with God, all things are possible. And and I want you to hear me tonight. This really is a word from the Lord. God is, God is, uh, opens, opens a door of hope in the midst of the things, even when it seems impossible. To hope. The Hebrew word for hope, it's really cool. It, it's the Hebrew word tikvah, and that's not the cool part of, of it. It's the cool part is the meaning. Hope, as it's used in the Old Testament, literally means a cord or a rope. And so the Bible kind of hope is when we're at the lowest places in our lives, the rapids, the swirling, we're, we're, we're being tossed and, and turned Listen, God throws us a lifeline. And what that lifeline is, is hope. A confident expectation of good from Him. That listen, at the time, it may not look good right now, but our hope is in God. The God who feeds 5,000 with, uh, with uh, uh, two small fish and five little barley loaves. The God who, uh, and the Jesus who spits in a blind man's eyes and the guy gets healed. Right. Who would have ever thought, you know? What a, what a peculiar way of healing. Amen. Somebody has a problem with their vision, you know, and just all right, take your glasses off. <laughs> you know, that just, that really... I don't know. Should have left that alone. Sorry. I really don't believe. Never mind. God help me. Get, get off. Move along. Boy, gosh. But listen. The nothing is impossible with God. God. Psalm 42 and verse 5 says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. You know, I hadn't even thought of this until just now. Oftentimes, hope and praise are linked in the the verses that we are reading tonight. Uh, Hope and praise, they go hand in hand, and they are. It really is cyclical here. Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. That lifeline. When we're going through stuff, we need to talk to ourselves like this: hope in God. Don't give up. Don't, don't, uh, don't uh, uh, abandon your hope. We need to talk about this to ourselves. Hope is a lifeline that pulls us into God and the God that helps. Zechariah nine and verse twelve says, "Return to the stronghold." <laughs> You prisoners of hope, even today I declare I will restore double to you. Wow. That's the God we serve. And he talks about here, I love this phrase, you prisoners of hope. You know, Zechariah 9, Zechariah, the book of Zechariah is not one of those books that people just read all the time. But I'm telling you, this is the reason why the Old Testament is, is important to read. I, I believe that we, I think we ought to focus and concentrate more on the New Testament, but the Old Testament, God gave it to us for a reason. And one of those reasons is this verse right here. He talks about you prisoners of hope. We need to become prisoners of hope. We should become, listen, so locked up with God in hope that we can't get away from it. Amen. And if that's going to happen, it means. We're going to have to work at it. Now, when I say working at it, I'm not talking about works and all that, but it's going to take some emotional, spiritual effort to continue because there's always something, and I'm getting ahead of myself, there's always something, somebody who's trying to steal our hope, the devil, for one. But uh, so we we need to work at it, work at, at cultivating hope. I'm going to ask a rhetorical question because I know the answer. Anybody besides me ever bought a piece of exercise equipment that you didn't use? Or used very little and then it just, you know, becomes a coat rack or something? (laughs) Years and years ago, I bet this was probably 20 years ago, Cindy and I bought an ab lounger. Just the name, ab lounger. Cool. Ab lounger get abs by lounging. That's my kind of exercise. <clears throat> <laughs> and so, you know, uh, I had seen the ab lounger in, in somebody's house. And I asked them, I said, so how do you like it? They go, yeah, I really, really like it. And so I thought, well, and I saw the ads on TV. You remember the the one that, you you, you know, <clears throat> and so I saw it on TV and I thought, wow, man, I, I don't mind sitting and rocking and getting six, you know, six-pack abs. Yeah, I'm just sitting, sitting rock. Rock my way to, to fitness, you know. Rocking chair, rock, you know. Man, I got that ab lounger, and I found out I wasn't just rocking my way to fitness. It was work. It was, it, it wasn't, you know, well, I can rock, you know, rock. It wasn't that at all. It was it was difficult. It was straining and so uh I, I, we ended up doing what a lot of people do with their exercise equipment. Uh, sold it at a garage sale to some other dupe. You know? <laughs> no, not dupe. That's that's disciplined health enthusiast. <laughs> or dupe. Uh we can't Listen, so that's to illustrate a point. We cannot allow ourselves to sell off our hope, to abandon our hope. It is worth the effort it takes to generate hope, the emotional, spiritual energy to cultivate our hope. If we're going to be captives of hope in God, we're going to have to... We're going to have to make some choices and decisions, aren't we? Yeah. Work at it. Lamentation 3, verse 24, again, Old Testament verse, it's really good. The Lord is my po- portion, says my soul, therefore I hope in him. Yeah. Yeah. See, his soul, this man's soul, is speaking to him. The Lord is my portion, therefore I hope in him. We have to have positive self-talk, positive soul talk and so i'm going to speak again about this a little bit in just a few minutes but i want to look for as we as we uh, bring this in how to cultivate or regain hope and first of all we have to go to the source and for this i want to read again romans 15 13 now may the god of hope listen The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This kind of hope that I'm talking about tonight and that we experience in our lives as believers, it isn't just, and, and, and that's why really talking about working at it and all that. I'm not talking about something that we can produce in ourselves but it is something that we have to make decisions to, toward, for, and discipline of mind and all of this. And so that's really what I'm talking about when I'm talking about working at it. We, we have to discipline our minds. We have to uh, 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 fight the good fight of faith, right? All of that. But God is our source, Amen. the God of hope. He... He is the God of hope. He's, he's a God of love. He's a God of peace. But listen tonight. He's the God of hope, the God of hope. Fill you. Now just tell yourself, fill me with hope. And so he says that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And again, <clears throat> I know what it is to need the power of the Holy Spirit to help me hope again. There have been times in my life where I just, I mean, it was just like, it seemed like just getting beyond where I was at that day. It just, I hope, what do I have to hope for? Oh, God throws us a lifeline. That lifeline is hope, and we hope in Him. He wants us to abound in hope. And that means, the word abound means over and above a confident expectation of good from God. We need to have that kind of hope over and above, become prisoners of hope, so locked up with hope that we can't get away from it. How in the world do we do that? Go to the source. The God of hope fill you, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes, sometimes, and the only way, oftentimes, the only way that kind of hope is going to come is by the power of the Holy Spirit. Psalm 42, verse 5, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him. There it is again. I shall yet praise Him for the help of His countenance. Uh, if we'll spend time with God, He has the opportunity to fill us with hope. If all we do is, is uh, uh, concentrate and if we're locked in in our minds with the, the hassles and the difficulties and the problems, sometimes they are, they're so real it's almost hard not to see them or focus on them. But in the midst of all of that, if we will come to Him, He will begin to fill us again with His hope. And so, We talk to God and say, God, you are my hope. I believe, I trust you to do something good in me, for me. Fill me with your hope. We go to the source. Tell yourself, go to the source. Star Wars used to be, you know, it was the force be with you. We don't need the force, we need to go to the source. We don't need the force, we need the source. And God is the source, and the source will fill us with his hope, the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, and so then with this, I want to bring back what I said before. We need to watch what we say. It's so important, the words that we speak. Hebrews 10.23 says, let us hold fast. This is so critical. Hold fast. This is what I'm talking about, uh, working at hope working at it. How? Hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Why? Because he is, who promised is faithful. Hope is a lot. It's not just a feeling. It's a confession. Hold fast the confession of our hope. See, we need to talk about our hope more. We, what we need to do is talk ourselves into hope. Uh, so, sometimes we just talk ourselves right out of hope because, oh, well, you know, oh, the price of eggs, the price of gas, the price of this, price of that, all these things, and my gosh, the future and and the world, China and and uh, everybody else—it's just like you know, apocalypse and you know—and and I'm not making light of the of the end times, last days. They are, uh, it's, it's weird times to live in. In the midst of it, it's critical, so vital that we hold fast the confession of what? Our hope, confident expectation of good from God. And again, Lamentations 3.24, the Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him his soul is talking to him. God, you are faithful. You will always be with me. You will never leave me. You will never forsake me. You are my protector. You're my healer. You're my provider. You're my closest friend. You're my hope. God, you are my hope. And so we got to watch what we say. Hold fast that confession. The reason this is true, and I said this before, is is that there's always something happening that will try to dishearten, discourage, or damage our hopes. Or someone, the devil, who is out to steal our hope, because if he can steal our hope, he can wreck our faith. And so we have things that go on in our minds like, well, things will never change. It's always going to be this way. We have to resist speaking those things. Resist thinking talking negative junk. I want you to tell yourself, I'm going to resist, I'm going to resist. Thinking, thinking and talking, talking. Negative, junk. negative junk. Good. Romans 4:18. Listen to this. This is really excellent. <laughs> Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. Isn't that bizarre? Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. This is classic. Abraham, here he is in his life, uh, and no doubt the thought came, well, there's really no reason to hope, (laughs) but I'm going to hope anyway. See, that is what we need to do. They, there may be times where we don't see any reason or, or our hopes have been dashed, but we hope anyway. I'm going to hope anyway. And Abraham watched what he said. Listen in, in Romans 4, verse 20, just a couple of verses after that. He did not waver at the promise of God <coughs> through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Amen. So. How is he strengthened in faith? By giving glory to God. Again, our praising, our magnifying God, our lifting God up causes faith and hope to rise in our hearts. His mind said, there's no way. But his mouth said, God, I give you glory. You can do anything, even this. And he did. And that's what we need in our lives. uh, uh, Your mind may be telling you, there is just no way. I, I don't see any. Uh, any solution. And yet, we, our mind may say it, or the devil may plant that thought in our heads, but our mouth says, God, I hope in you. That hope is a lifeline. We've got to hold fast the confession of our hope. Psalm 71, verse 14, I, I read earlier, but he says, but but, but what? But, because things are coming against, I will hope continually. <clears throat> and then the rest of that verse, And I will praise you yet more and more. I will hope continually. We, we have, it's so critical. This is vital for us and for our faith that we speak it, we think it, we, we work at it. And when I say it again, I'm, I know I'm repeating myself, but it bears repeating work at it in the sense that we don't, ab- we don't abandon it. We focus on our hope, our hope in God, and when the thoughts come, we resist it. That's a, take that emotional and spiritual energy and exert it toward Him, holding on to the confession of our faith. <clears throat> All right, real quickly, uh, and, and the final point, <clears throat> we need to remember... Our eternal hope. When things are looking really rotten around us, we have to remember we have an eternal hope. And I'm just going to tell you something that you already know. We will never be completely happy here. And we're not meant to be. This world, like the song says, this world is not our home. This world. Anyway, that one. Uh, we won't be completely happy until we're not here. <laughs> Did you catch that? We are never going to be completely happy here. We're not going to be completely happy until we're not here. <laughs> Oftentimes in the Bible, when it talks about eternity, it's linked with hope. Titus 1:2. in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. What? Hope in eternal life. Titus 2 and verse 13, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Whenever we're having one of those terrible, horrible, no good, very bad days, we need to remember we have an eternal hope. Last night I was with a guy in our church, and uh, 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 some of you know uh, Kelly Schwab. Uh, he's a veteran. Uh, he is uh, just moments away from passing from this life into eternal life. So I was with him last night. He could ba- barely talk. Uh, but I, gosh, you guys know me. I'm pretty good at talking now, you know. So I, I did a lot of the talking. But he was res- responding. And he did talk. With, I talked to him about, about heaven. And I told him, I says, Kelly, I says, man, I says, I know uh you're you're getting ready to to see G You talked about I had done memorial services for two of his family members uh uh in the past. And uh and so I said, You're gonna it's gonna be a great reunion. I said, when you see Howard, give him a, a punch in the arm, you know, and and uh and I so I told him, I says, I'm somewhat envious you're going to but I says, in the blink of an eye, we'll all be get together again. Come on. And so, you know, I, uh, and for him, I don't feel sorry for Kelly as he's passing. And I, I, I do in the, that transitional phase. It can be difficult. But I do feel for his wife, for Annabelle, and for those of his family and friends who are going to miss him temporarily but for, for Kelly, he's getting ready to just. And I told him, I says, "You're you're getting ready to experience something that we can't even dream of." Yeah. Yeah. And he's, and he's, <laughs> he's touching his heart. He's just, nodding his head. He knows. You know why? Because he has a hope that goes beyond. I mean, uh, he's he's passing from this life into eternal life, but it is with an assurance and a confidence he knows where he's going. Yeah. You and I need to know in this life, we are not meant to be perfectly happy here. We won't be until we're not here and we're there. But there's a day coming for all of us, and that day is not, it, it may seem like a long time, but it's in in uh, comparison to eternity. It's the blink of an eye. It's life is a vapor, a puff of smoke. Here here we are, and then we're in eternity. And and for us as believers, oh my gosh, we we have a hope. No more pain. No more sickness. No more death. No more rent to pay. No more mortgage payments. No more. Uh, gas to fill up in the, in the tank, uh, no more dentist office visits, thank God, no more root canals, no more, ee-e-e-e-n. no more doctor visits, no more hospital, uh, we have an eternal hope, and we are going to go from this life into eternal life. Our hope. We have a hope. We have a hope here. It's our lifeline here, but we have an eternal hope. Can you say amen? Amen. Okay, let's bow our heads tonight, and I'm going to pray with you this prayer and confession. I want us to repeat it. If you're viewing online, repeat it with us, and then I'm going to pray uh, for God, the God of hope, to fill us, but let's pray together. I want you to repeat this with me. Heavenly Father, you are my hope. I open my heart to you tonight. Fill me with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Help me to hold fast to the confession of my hope and not to be negative. I will hope continually. I will have a confident expectation of good from you in Jesus name amen now lord i pray in this this room tonight there are those that are dealing with some of the most difficult things that life ever presents them and i know i know personally some and there are others of us god who have other issues and difficulties and And things, but God, tonight you have thrown us a lifeline. Your hope, our hope is in you. Fill us tonight afresh, Holy Spirit. Fill us, fill us, God of hope. Fill us with your hope. Give us, and in the midst of the difficulties and struggle and all, help us to remember our hope is in you. We will hope continually. Uh, even in the place where there seems no reason to hope, we'll hope in you. You are the God of hope. Uh, fill us, Holy Spirit. Fill us, Holy Spirit. I want you to just say, Fill me, Holy Spirit, with your hope. In Jesus' name. I receive your hope. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you give the Lord a big clap and thank Him? Lord, we do thank you filling, moving through our midst. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. Praise God. Amen. I am more hopeful tonight, and I pray you are too. God bless you. Don't forget about uh, next week. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.